tip of the dung teeth and lips. Welcome back, everyone. This is Two Tone Take. I am coming to you live during a monsoon storm because it's going to take more than the current weather to keep me away from talking Tennessee Titans football. And we've got some really exciting things to talk about on this particular episode. Let's get right to it. Uh, I told you before on past episodes that we would have training camp coming up, and that's what we're here for. So we're going to be doing this in volumes, if you will, um, partially because training camp is essentially broken up into two weeks. And also, I just thought the idea of using volume one and volume two would be cool. Uh, So that's kind of the logic there. Um, So we're going to be talking about everything that's happened during those two weeks of training camp for the Titans. And there's been a lot. We've had 10 total practices. Several roster moves took place during that time. Um, and one of my favorite things about football just being back in general, pressers, press conferences. I live for this. I'm, I'm such a nerd about it. Like I'm that individual that I get a notification that Vrabes or somebody with the team has gone live. I'm usually immediately streaming, even if I'm driving. Granted, I'm safe about it, but I want to hear what's going on. And we've had some great talks, conversations between the press and players of various kinds. So... We're going to touch on all of it as best we can. And, of course, this is all leading up to that first preseason game against the Dirty Birds, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, You know, recapping that game is going to be on a different episode. Um, But we are very quickly getting into, you know, the preseason, which is going to just be a blur right into actual kickoff. So before you know it, it is officially going to be the Titans' 2022 NFL regular season campaign, as one of my heroes, Rich Eisen, likes to say. I love that word, campaign. NFL season camp. It just makes it sound somehow more official than it really is. Um, But again, right now, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's go back to training camp because that's just what's happened. I really want to start with why training camp is even a big deal, what we're looking for. I think it is difficult to really evaluate and look at training camp in a in an ideal or neutral sense because it's really easy I think to overreact one way or the other where whether it's a you know guy making a great catch or great tackle stopping the ball or maybe it's someone that you know hasn't been performing as as we've expected uh it's like you're either overly hyped about it and that person's going to be the NFL MVP or we're like the other way where it's, well, this person probably shouldn't even be on the team. So my goal is to really just honestly try to summarize what we've seen, highlight some of the players that are, that are starting to make names for themselves um, because it's, it's really one of the most beautiful aspects of training camp and this time of year leading to the regular season because you've got, all different kinds of groups. I mean, we've obviously got the rookies. We've got those drafted, you know, this past summer. We've also got undrafted free agents that have been signed, and they're, you know, all fighting for a chance in some way. Of course, you've got your veterans that are coming back to their starting position. You've also got players coming off injury, right? And we've got a number of these guys, especially after last year. It's it's kind of a miracle that not literally everyone's coming off an injury. But, but obviously, you've got players coming from different scenarios. 
and everyone's goal is the same. Everybody wants to make the 53-man roster. And that's that's where I think you see a lot of the competition for training camp come through. So we're going to go through this as best we can. And again, two weeks worth of training camp and practices. First week's volume one. Second week is volume two. We're here for it. Let's get into it. Now, you know, this, this started with a presser initially, which was great. Um, and I think there were, for the most part... Some great questions asked. Um, obviously, there were things that took place during the previous mini camp earlier in the year. Um, but just coming from from Vrabe's perspective, in terms of what we're trying to accomplish, what we're looking for in training camp, and he really spoke to it as just looking to do the little things, build some consistency, carry over things that went well from the previous mini camp. If you were among those players, because ultimately. The goal is to just be at our best throughout the season and playoffs. Um, that that particular quote really stood out to me. Um, and again, there's going to be things that you notice, things that stand out, as well as things that were like, mm, that's got to get better. And that's part of this whole process. Um, so when we start breaking this down, when we start looking at those first few days at camp, one of the first things that really jumps out and granted, this this is arguably expected, but the offense got off to a great start. Now, one of the things that the Titans do that, that I think is somewhat unique, I don't certainly know how every team in the NFL approaches training camp. Um, but, you know, if you pay even a little bit of attention right now, Hard Knocks is going on with the Detroit Lions. You know, Dan Campbell's no joke. They were in pads, like, right away. Now, Tennessee, we've been a little more, uh, I think – mindful of like showing that progression easing players into things for lack of better phrasing but you know we weren't actually in pads until the second week of training camp um but we started with a lot of drills we do a lot of drills that are very number specific so it'll vary from one-on-ones to seven-on-sevens but we started with seven-on-sevens and especially for the offense Tannehill was sharp almost right away now Certainly, you can look at this a couple of different ways. You would expect Tannehill to be sharp, um, especially those of us who are not on the Malik Willis should be starting week one train. Um, You expect Tannehill to be sharp. This is not his first rodeo. It's not his first training camp. It's certainly not his first season as QB1 for the Titans. But I do think, regardless of all that, uh, that it was great to see him come out strong, right? So the offense came out, uh, for the most part, clicking. One thing that stood out early, even in just the first day or so, was with rookie Traylon Burks. And, you know, look, this kid's going to get arguably more attention and or criticism than maybe he should simply because we got him by trading A.J. Brown. I think if, if, if we had picked him up in almost any other scenario, then it's probably just, you know, hey, let's hope this rookie has a great start. But because of that, because he's essentially the new A.J. Brown – um, a lot of expectation on him, right? And, of course, he struggled, right? Minicamp wasn't great for Burks. Uh, conditioning was an issue. There was all this, you know, hoopla around, like, asthma and, like, he couldn't handle it and whatever. So all that to say, early on, we saw that his conditioning was better, right? He came back a little lighter, better able to handle, you know, the conditions, um, made some plays early on. Another name that uh, really kind of got off to a great start for us in camp was Bobby Treats. And I'm talking about uh, Robert Woods, who we signed uh, from the Rams in the offseason. I think that this this particular 
signing is is really going to prove incredibly valuable as the season goes on. Now, certainly, you know, because it's Tennessee, uh, we love our gambles. So if you know anything about life with J-Rob as a GM, we're not afraid to take some risks, right? I mean, we saw it last season. We brought in Julio Jones in the twilight years. It wasn't the Julio that maybe people grew up watching, and it didn't necessarily pay off like we'd hoped, right? He didn't have the best year. So Bobby Trees is coming off an ACL injury, um, but he's looking strong. He's without a brace. Uh, I think when Cam got off to a, a start, you could tell that he was looking strong, which was great. And I think what's key with him is also going to be the leadership aspect. We are going to end up with a very uniquely young uh, group of wide receivers overall, um, to where outside of Bobby Trees, you know, Nick Westbrook Akina is going to be like one of our most experienced guys. And that's kind of hard to believe, but that's where we're at, especially having, you know, lost, you know, uh, Corey Davis, you go back a couple of seasons. And then, of course, now we're without A.J. Brown. So it's a very different wide receiver group. Um, but we saw some great things even right away. Now, on the defensive side, you know, there I think out of – out of everyone on defense, the one guy we've been really high on but hopeful and wanting to see more from is Caleb Farley. And, you know, the reality is that I think his camp got off to a great start as well, made plays right out of the gates. Back to the offensive side, King Henry. We talked about this previously, him coming off that Jones fracture injury. He looks great. Um, it looks like he's done a you know an amazing job staying conditioned, pushing the workouts. What kind of cracks me up with Henry is somehow – Every year when we we go back and we get back to training camp, I hear somebody say, yeah, Henry is bigger than he was last year. It's just getting to a point where it's almost unfair. I'm not complaining by any means. But anyways, he's been in true form. He seems to be doing well. Um, Another defensive name that, you know, you're going to hear more of this. uh, Roger McCreary has been making some big plays. Um and, of course, you know, one storyline that I think is carrying over from last year is during Vrabel's tenure, kicking has been challenging at best. Um, almost almost to the point that it's a joke. I mean, we obviously, you know, when he came on board, we still had Ryan Suckup. And, like, he got injured. And then, of course, we went out and brought Roskowski. And it was like he couldn't make a kick consistently to save his life. But last season was a big deal because we brought in – uh, Randy Bullock, and he actually played incredibly well and consistently for us. Uh, but even right away in training camp, making kicks, doing his thing. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, for the backup quarterbacks, Willis Woodside were making some good plays in drills. Now, that was all, believe it or not, just from a day. So this is where I say it's tricky because a lot can happen in even just one practice, one day. And so it's how much do you read into it? How much do you rely on it? Well, again, it's about building consistency. So moving on to an additional practice, change change things up. So we went into more of an individual drills type scenario, and this is to help players acclimate. One thing I think we need to keep our eyes on is you'll see a running theme here in training camp where we've got several players that are fielding punts. And... It's tough in that I think to Vrabel's credit, I think he very much looks for players that are instinctual, right? That are going to make good decisions, especially uh, on special teams. But it can also be bittersweet in that, you know, the moment a guy makes a mistake, he's pretty much done, right? Um, But right now we're going through quite a few to kind of see who's going to be most comfortable in that particular position. 
Um, that second day, one thing that I thought was great was one of our new tight ends, Austin Hooper, who we brought over, um, was getting some extra time with Tannehill. I think this is huge. You know, we for years relied on Delaney Walker. I think that that's the name outside of Frank Wycheck people think of when you think, you know, Titans tight end uh, legend. You know, but last couple of seasons, I think we've had moments where our tight ends were good, but we really haven't had a lot of strong dependence in that particular role. And I think last year was tough. Um, I personally thought Fersker was going to shine, and he really struggled. You know, certainly Pruitt had a good year until he got injured. Swain was was good at times, but we really need a lot more consistency from that role. I think that tight end is a position, um, certainly in the running game for us with Henry, that's huge. But also outside of that, you know, when you think about certain scenarios, whether it's, you know, certain third downs where you're needing those weird six to eight yard time frames or, you know, a play's broken up, you get somebody over the middle. I think tight end is going to be huge for us. So it's great to see Hooper getting some additional time with Tannehill. Now, third third day in, uh, I mentioned weather earlier, uh, been a factor for me. Weather was a factor for the team on this particular day. Got moved inside, right? But it's a good adjustment, good thing to adjust to. Uh, Drill-wise, they did some one-on-ones and some seven-on-sevens and then team periods, which really drove some of the competition. So again, you know, it seems like we really try to break up uh, how the team interacts and what the team works through. Um, and, And this could probably get its own episode in some way in terms of how do you condition players? How do you best set players up for... Uh, an upcoming NFL season. It's tough. I mentioned, you know, Detroit Lions were in pads right away, and the whole logic from their coach, Dan Campbell, was, you know, I got to prepare you somehow. This is how I'm going to do it. Again, I think we're easing into it a bit a bit more smarter in, in a sense, but, but again, you're seeing a lot of creativity in the drills that we're running. Now, the offense continued to make some good plays. Tannehill remained efficient. Burks was making some great plays. Again, Bobby Trees. But then you're starting to see some other guys make a name for themselves, right? So Kai Phillips, Mason Kinsey, uh, McMath, those guys are all making great plays. And and one person that, again, somehow is like the longest receiver standing at this point almost for the Titans, uh, Nis- Nick Westbrook McKenna. I'm probably not the only one that struggles with his name, and I'm probably not even saying it right. So I should just start calling him NWI. But that almost sounds – I don't know. I, I, I worry that there's like an actual – more official NWI out there that would then be like, hey, please don't say that that way. So Westbrook Kenna, he's made some great plays in camp. That continued. Uh, Henry doing his thing as well. And again, I mentioned it before, I like to call him Big Randy. Randy Bullock made some great kicks. So halfway through week one of training camp, a lot of positives, right? A lot of pluses. Now when we get later into the week, there was a little bit of uh, – Feistiness, if you will, um, between some of the old linemen, especially Nate Davis, got into a few skirmishes. Um, I, I don't think it's a, a bad thing necessarily. I think that, if anything, it's probably good to see guys uh, hungry. Um, we especially have a lot to improve on on the O-line front. And so I think especially from that player group, I think it's good to see some guys that are that are after it. Um, so there was a little bit of that. Defensive backs apparently really had a great day on um, this particular day in camp, um, especially in the one-on-one. So typically what they'll do is they'll, they'll take an offensive guy, put him with a defensive guy, and they'll just run drills, whether it's different routes, different plays, whatever. Um, one thing that, you know, 
has been a running theme with Willis uh, and his progression. You've heard from from Braves, and this is where the pressers come in. So I recognize that I'm I'm combing through this sort of detailed and quickly, but the reality is if you if you read between the lines, and it's not even reading between the lines, it's really just paying attention. Uh, and I don't know how much fans really pay attention, and this is why I'm doing this podcast in a way. One of the things that Vrabel's been very open about with Malik Willis is overall what we're seeing is is great, um, especially for a guy who who really wasn't a pocket or under center quarterback. But one of the things that we are seeing him struggle with is timing. Um, so making the right reads, getting the ball at the right time. So those were things that were still evident towards that first week of training camp. Now, another thing that I thought was great on this particular day, uh, and I believe at this point, this would have been Thursday, maybe Friday, is that the defense forced some fumbles, some, some, some turnovers rather. One was a fumble. Uh, there was also an errant snap that got recovered. I think that's great to see. I know that one focal point um, on the defense this year, and guess what? I know this from the pressers. Where there's a big focus on on turnovers. Um, now we you know we certainly had some last year, um, and I think what really comes to mind, especially is Bayard. Um, he was aggressive all over the place, had a lot of interceptions. But there's there's a big focus on getting the ball out, um, and I think that it was good to see those particular uh, turnovers forced for the defense in training camp. I feel like that just adds and builds confidence, right? Um, and, and another great thing about this point uh, in training camp was this was in front of some fans. We had about 300 fans that were in attendance. Um, and that's been a change. Um, obviously, we're, we're past a lot of the you know protocols that have been in place the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, this was, this was touched on with Rabes and one of the pressers. And, you know, I think it's tough because, you know, I, and again, I, I, I admit this frequently – only because I, I truly am, am a fan that's doing this podcast because I love football and I love the Titans that much. I'm not a journalist, so I can't imagine necessarily what it's like to try to think of a question, especially for a guy like Vrabes, because he can be so stone-faced. But several people asked him, like, you know, what does this do for the group, you know, to have fans in attendance to kind of be past some of these protocols? You know, obviously, for the most part, it's a positive uh, effect in, in that I think it adds, you know, energy you know, it gives, gives the players that sense of, of almost playing at home. Um, so I think it was good to see that particular boost. Now, that was just week one. Um, so again, about four practices that first week for the boys. And what are we even looking for? What's the point? What are we, what are we seeing happening here? It's all about the progression. It's all about consistency. Um, another thing that was made very apparent, and I, I don't know how much this is a Titan-specific thing, um, but this is a Titans podcast, and so we'll speak to it, is that there truly is a plan, that's the word that's used, for each player. And I think it's, it's – I do think it's interesting, but I also think it's brilliant in that, again, when you go back to the reality that some of these players are rookies, some of these players are undrafted free agents, some of these guys you know, are coming off injuries, um, haven't played you know, for months. Um, and then, of course, you have your vets – I think that the idea of having plans tailored to those players is brilliant. Um, now, there was a little bit of coyness, and I really hope that's a word now that I've said it out loud. Uh, but you could tell with some of the pressers, and I believe some of this was with the media talking with Henry, um, probably a little bit with uh, Bobby Trees, and I, I think it even came up with Tannehill and Byard as well. But 
you know, some of the media were, were kind of trying to kind of pick at that a little bit in terms of like, well, who, who comes up with the plan? Is this like a, uh, a collaboration where like the player has like things that they want to do and the coaches are like, oh, here's what we want you to do. Um, and it's interesting because I think initially a lot of the answers were just around like, you know, hey, you know, collaboration approach. At one point, Henry did say like, you know, it's Coach Ray's plan, you know, we stick to it. Um, so, you know, maybe this is where you try to read between the lines. What I'm trying to get at here, though, is that I think that it's 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 good that we are aware of, you know, each player and essentially each group of players um, needing something specific, whether it's the DBs, you know, your inside outside guys, you know, some of our newer safeties or corners on the offense. We've got a lot of new faces at wide receiver. We want to be doing things that specifically drive their success, and I think that that's where this plan concept ideally is good. Um, and again, it goes back to that. Ultimately, we want to be the best throughout the entire season. So ultimately, what I think stood out that first week, Tannehill got off to a great start. From Burks, I think we saw some of the progress that we would want to see, especially after he struggled in mini camp. The defense made me happy and that I think what you saw from the defense was that they're still hungry. This is still a group of players that want to get after it. Uh, that want to be better than they were last year. And that's saying something because we had a great season last season. The wide receiver group, a lot of questions. There's probably more questions about the group than there are answers. Uh, and then finally with the kicking aspect, again, shout out Big Randy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb, and this is a limb I may have to you know, fall through on later. But I'm starting to think, I'm starting to believe that we might actually be good here. Um, when it comes to the kicking. So we're now about 22 minutes in. That was volume one of training camp. Um, kind of seems appropriate because 22 is Derek Henry's number. The man, the myth, the legend. Well, he's not a myth, but he's definitely a legend and a man. Uh, so now we're going to segue into volume two of training camp. We get more into how practices went once we threw the pads on. All of this leading up to that first preseason game and trip to Baltimore. We will be back to discuss the remainder of training camp. It's two-tone take. Welcome back to Two Tone Take. Bradley here, your MC and fearless football leader, and broadcasting while drinking beer because it is important to stay hydrated. All right, shouldn't really even have to say it. We are making our way through training camp, 2022 training camp of your Tennessee Titans, and we're now into that second week. Uh, this is when I kind of wish I had more rights to things because when I was going through this and making some notes, I don't even know how, how else to break into this. But when we get to what was the fifth practice on a Monday for the boys, the boys are back in pads. All right. That's what's happening. 
Get them back in pads. This was interesting because once that took place, uh, things flipped a little bit in terms of who was a bit sharper. Initially, we saw the defense rising to the occasion. Not going to complain about that. Uh, Roger McCreary, you're going to keep hearing that name, was making some plays right out of the gates. On the offense, we're seeing Burks and Tannehill make some connections. Um, I know there's been a couple of plays highlighted um, whether it's on the team's Twitter, Jimbo White's Twitter, as I think also pointed this out. Great to see that connection. Um, but again, defensively, it's great to see them making some stops. And Fulton making some plays as well. Uh, shutting down some pass attempts was huge. Back to the special teams aspect that I mentioned before. Um, and a little bit in terms of we don't know what to expect. Multiple Titans were fielding punts. Um, I think a great thing for especially that first day back in pads, though, uh, about 200 fans were in attendance. I'm, I'm quite envious of that. Um, I wish that I could be there, but I'm glad that there are some people there. I think that's great in terms of the energy um, and giving the players a chance to interact and just have that noise going on. So... Good things all around. Um, now, when we move into practice number six, had some live tackling drills that took place. One little spoiler alert that I will give you is that this is something that I think you're really going to notice. And it's not that – I'd have to go back and look at tape. Um, it's not that I think we've been poor at tackling, but – you know, we talked earlier about the emphasis there is in the defense to try to get some turnovers. I think there's also an emphasis on tackling. And, I mean, it's important, right? Um, but great to see some specific drills geared towards that. We had one-on-ones again on this particular day between the offensive defense. One of our newer tight ends, one of those names that, again, it's kind of like Westbrook Akinna where – they can sound this stuff out as much as they want to. I'm still not sure we're going to get it right. I'm just going to call him Chig because the last name is so fancy. But he made some plays, which was great to see. Along with that, you had Westbrook McKenna. You had Phillips also making plays at wide receiver. This particular practice, though, was interesting because it went into call-it periods. Uh, I wish I were broadcasting like in a video sense, which is coming, by the way. It's just not here yet. Uh Call it is in quotes, all right? Um, and it's interesting. It's one of those things that if, if I were a media person, this is something I wish somebody would ask about, even though that doesn't guarantee we would get more intel. But they do these call it periods that are unscripted plays. Um, and I think that's crucial for players to get a sense of those in-game scenarios, especially whether it's you know late in a quarter, late in a half, you know, running those two-minute drills. Um, times when no huddle seems to make more sense. So I think it's just great to see the the creativity, if you will, and how we're, we're building out this camp, right? Uh, now, a name that continued to show up during training camp, and I dare say a name that's become going to become a household name, at least for Titans fans, before this season is up. The first name is Racy, and honestly, that by itself is pretty damn cool. But the last name is McMath. Now, you would think maybe a person with the name McMath should become like a teacher, you know, and get really nerdy about it, but I'm glad he didn't. He's playing football for the Titans, and he is a boy, 
right? So race McMath, write the name down and just get ready to see this kid in some high light reels, all right? Made some plays. Another guy continuing to make plays. Farley, we're seeing him come off strong, which is very encouraging. Uh, Bursks and Haskins. Now, Haskins, uh, if you aren't aware, Haskins is a guy that we've brought in um, essentially behind Henry um, and and really, I think, could, could really be a great player for us. I think last season we were a bit spoiled even though we lost Henry. We had Hilliard. We had Foreman, and they actually stepped up really well. Excited about Haskins, though, him making some plays there. And, of course, I'm going to keep mentioning his name because he has such a great leg for the kicking. Big Randy making some kicks yet again. Fans were in attendance yet again, which is also phenomenal. Um, yeah, so we're, we're moving through here, getting on to the last few practices. The one-on-ones continued, apparently becoming more and more competitive. Um, I think that's crucial. Uh, a lot of red zone periods. Like these are things that, you know, when you when you see that and you read it, it makes sense, right? Like of course the team's got to practice those red zone periods. But it also makes me wonder – you know, how how intentional teams get with really focusing on this. Now, um, you know, I know I've touched on this in past episodes. We've been, I would say we've been fairly spoiled, especially in these Tannehill years, to being a, an efficient team in the red zone, you know. Now, there were times last year where I think we settled a lot for field goals. And thank God for Big Randy because we wouldn't have been in so many games without him. But, but again, I think we've done well at being efficient there. And so this is one of those things that, it's important to see, even if it's an obvious thing. Now, this particular practice was was interesting because uh, Tannehill did finally throw the first interception of training camp. It didn't break the internet. Um, I'm sure that there are those out there who were like, knew it, knew he would do it, get him out of there. Foolish, foolishness, all right? And listen, Bayer got the interception. The mayor of Murfreesboro, okay? So... Who better? Who better on the defense to get that uh, interception for the group? Uh, Willis had um, a couple of good spots there in the red zone. Two-minute drill, though, he struggled a little bit, right? And that speaks to those things that we're kind of looking for from him to progress on. Um, Now, a name that I think we kind of have forgotten about because he came on later last season, but I expect to be really influential on the defense this year is Zach Cunningham. Made some plays in this particular practice. Now, this is another guy, right? Coming over from, oh, I don't really want to say the name on this podcast because I I despise him that much. But he was a former Houston Texan. Okay, it is what it is. Uh, but Zach Cunningham making some plays for the defense, I think that's huge, especially when you when you consider it. And and this is a, another episode that we've got on deck. Uh, we haven't yet talked about players that we've lost. Okay, because you know I mean who really wants to talk about that? Well, we're going to. But on the defensive side, you know, no more Jayon Brown, no more Rashad Evans. We've lost some guys. So I think to have somebody like Zach Cunningham, um, I think he plays very instinctual. He's very aggressive. I think it's great to see him making some plays, even if it is training camp. All right. And again, I'm going to keep throwing this out there because it's important that we trust in our kickers. Big Randy making some kicks, especially with fans around. It's beautiful. Uh, now, as we move forward, um, again, Racing Math just keeps coming up, kept making plays. I think the call out here for him, though, is it's not just that he's made some flashy catches or gotten free. He's been a deep threat 
consistently. Now, if you think about recent years, it, it's, it's tough because I think outside of, you know, Corey Davis's game progressing when he was with us, and of course we had some moments with Khalif Raymond, I don't know that we've really been a team that's consistently had a deep threat at wide receiver. Um, I think even with A.J. Brown, I think especially in the last couple of years that he had with us, it wasn't as expected for him to get down the field, right? So, you know, if, if McMath can keep this going, and I think what's great about this is I don't expect teams to necessarily pick up on this soon enough. Um, you know, it's just my take, but that's the whole point of this podcast is I think that it's very easy to overlook a guy like him and not expect him to be the threat that he is. So um, it's great to see him continuing to make plays on defense. Some names that you should know and you should adore uh, made some plays for us. David Long, big Jeffrey Simmons doing their thing as usual. Westbrook Akinna made some plays as well, doing his thing. Now, this particular day was also great for the O-line in that one of our newer O-linemen, Petit Freire, I'm probably mispronouncing that. I do know that it sort of translates to little brother, and he has said we can call him that, so perhaps I will. Uh, but he got some extra work in, uh, which we heard from Braves, which I think is good, right? So that that right tackle spot's the, the one to really watch because it's essentially or apparently between uh, little brother and of course, we've got Redunds that's over there. We don't really know which way that's going to go. And then, of course, you've had a different rotation of players off versus practicing. And that's another thing about training camp that I think is – it's one of those how much do you read into it? Do you read into it at all? Um, you've got guys that you know aren't going to be there at every practice or every day. I think one thing that I'll just go ahead and speak to now, even though it, it's – later on in the practices or down to the last few of training camp is, you know, there was some, some talk around Henry not being super involved, if you will. Now it's not to say that he's not having a typical training camp, but especially during some of the team periods. So a lot of these drills, a lot of these seven on sevens, uh, Henry was doing a lot of side work, a lot of pit work. And so there were some, you know, valid questions and pressers around like, you know, what's happening there? Is there a reason for that? Like, not in like a you're good right sense, but I think just genuine curiosity, like, is this something different? Um, and of course, I can appreciate this because I'm a company man and I love Rabes. I think that players for the most part have kind of taken on his approach with the media in the sense that they're not going to overspeak or overshare, and I'm okay with that. Um you know, so for Henry, I think it's been a lot of, you know, this isn't really anything new. Um, but let's be real. I think they're, I think they're trying to be like in a, in a sensible way, careful. Um, one of the things I touched on with, with the Hen- Derrick Henry episode was that we really don't entirely know what to expect for a running back coming off that injury, right? There's, I mean, there's been studies and everything, but a lot of times it's for about every other position in NFL or in football, aside from running back. So I think it's okay for them to be cautious. I'm not worried about it. Um, This is not the time of year that we need Derrick Henry out there carrying the ball 30 times. Okay, so if he's working on the side, if he's doing some individual stuff, he's in the pit, I don't really think it's anything to worry about. Not a shout-out to Parks and Rec, although it's a great show. All right? Um, So that brings us down to, believe it or not, the last two practices uh, of those first few weeks 
of training camp. Uh, and in order to do this, I'm going to take a quick sip of beverage. Hydration, folks, it's important. Extremely important. All right, now early competition in these uh, red zone periods were two on twos. And again, I, I don't know what other teams do. I just think it's great that we're creative in how we do this. Uh, Tannehill was sharp on this particular day. Uh, Willis uh, as well had a couple of TDs. Roger McCreary, there's a name. I told you there were some names to be aware of. His is a name that kept coming up, uh, making some plays for us. Um, Fulton, again, was very scrappy. I think the great thing with Fulton is he's such a physical player um, that it makes it difficult to, to really target him. You know, and I think that's going to be huge for us with some of the matchups that we have coming up. Um, you know, again, the wide receiver room is, is very new in a sense. So we saw Tannehill working with Phillips a lot. And, you know, Kyle Phillips is one of those guys when you see him. I think it's almost – it's it, maybe you just think like, okay, like it's a scrappy guy, sure. You know, but we haven't necessarily had the best of luck with the scrappy guys. I mean, I think, you know, we all consider like when Humphreys was around and, you know, had moments, but it wasn't like amazing. Uh, but, you know, Phillips has, has definitely made some plays – and again, the connection there may be that, you know, Phillips may be the guy that gets an out of punt return, right? We'll see. He could also, I can see him also being one of those very, you know, down conditional players in the sense that specific third down, specific red down scenarios, he might be a great player to plug in. Uh, Big Randy doing his thing, made some great kicks again. Um, now, another player that I wanted to highlight, and this is also a little bit funny for being honest. And I think these moments are important. Um, but Gibbons, who is an undrafted linebacker, okay, um, you may know him come to be called Dr. Gibbons. Now, he's not a doctor of any kind. Uh, but that's what Vrabel has nicknamed him is Dr. Gibbons. So we'll see if Dr. Gibbons gets a chance. He made some plays, did enough that Vrabel noticed, gave him a nickname. I think that's significant. And again, these practices, hundreds of fans in attendance, which I think is fantastic. Now, this brings us down to what was the last uh, practice of the initial two-week training camp period. Um, this particular one was interesting in that the offense didn't start off super hot. Um, later on, Tannehill was like, you know, we got to be better. we got to be sharper. They did turn it around in that same practice, but I think you could just tell that ultimately it wasn't exactly what they were looking for. Um, I made a note about this specific practice that literally just says run left. Okay, shout out Daddy Luan um, because some plays were made uh, blocking on that left side, which we know is a beautiful side to run the ball on if you know. And if you don't know, then you need to figure it out. Uh, once again, McMath made some plays. You really need to be aware of that name. I'm telling you folks, he's going to be a boy for this season. Um, this was one of the practices specifically that I think people notice Henry, you know, more off to the side doing his thing, but he's working. All right. He's putting in work. Um, I think he's going to be there for us when it counts. Have to mention this. Uh, so overall in camp, big Randy kicking those field goals, 51 of 54. Let's just be honest. Like if we finish the season making all but three field goals, that's a great kicking season. All right. So shout out to Big Randy. And then, of course, we still saw a lot of rotation with the punt returners. Um, so that is the culmination of these first few weeks of training camp, which really are a blur. 
Um, on the surface, I think that ultimately, again, it's, you know, you try to be neutral. I think it's really easy to, to be one way or the other where you're just like incredibly positive. And of course we saw everything we want to see, or you could also just be like, what are we doing? Henry's doesn't have it. He's not even really practicing and Tannehill threw an interception and Willis's timing is off. And bottom line is that I think that we are seeing some great, uh, competition in the spots that we need it, right? The O-line, that right side especially, they're going to have to shore that up. So I think there was great to see some moments there that were aggressive. Um, and look, we may not have a flashy wide receiver group, but I think that we have a number of players that are making plays. Um, and at the end of the day, Yes, it's great to have like a name that everyone knows. It's great to have an A.J. Brown. It's great to have a Debo Samuel or a D.K. Metcalf or some of these other guys that are just known throughout the league. But, you know, if, if a guy is able to make a play, that's what counts. If Tannehill is able to trust him, you know, he knows where he's going to be, that's what counts. So I think that we're seeing, we're seeing what we want to see from Bobby Trees. I think there's some great leadership there. I think Burke's progression has been solid. It has to continue, but it's there. And then, of course, some of these other guys, I think that it's great that we're seeing some people shine that we didn't necessarily expect. Um, so that's a couple of weeks worth of training camp, volume one and volume two. And all of this right on the heels of the Titans' very first preseason game, which was on the road in Baltimore. So our next episode is going to be about that preseason game. Um, still deciding exactly how to, how to tackle that pun intended in the sense that it will likely be a recap type episode. This is where, again, it's preseason, right? So we're at a point where for the most part, we're going to be evaluating what we're seeing more than anything else. As we get actually into the season, when the season actually kicks off, you're going to see more of a preview episode of a game and then a follow-up episode of that game as well and then previewing the next. That's going to be the cadence, if you will. Um, ultimately, what matters, the boys are back. They're back in pads. They're back in the two-tone blue. Football is back. Highlights are back. Pressers are back. Two-tone take is back to give it to you in a way that only I can. Your MC and fearless football leader. Appreciate you listening. Uh, you can do that on Spotify, on Apple, uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Two Tone Take. Working on building a following there, so please do not be shy. Feel free to tweet me. Feel free to retweet me. You can DM me. Uh, not really sure how that will go, but you can consider that, and I will potentially acknowledge it. So appreciate you listening. That's all for Two Tone Take. <laughs>